0: Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts Kai Millette and John Finer.
1: Welcome back to the post-game show here on the Owl Chat Podcast. And men's basketball went 0-2 this past week with losses to North Alabama and Central Arkansas. But here at the Owl Chat Podcast. We are here to talk you guys all through it. I am here with a bit of a smaller crew today, as always, my co-host and partner, Mr. John Finer, former OWL, John Michael Nickerson, um, and social media guy, Tim, joining me today on the show. Fellas, how are we feeling? How are we doing today?
2: Well, you know, I am a recruiter by trade. That's my profession. But I think today we're all going to be, I guess, uh, maybe morticians because this is about to be an autopsy.
3: Doing great. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, good, uh, some some negative, but uh, it'll be fun either way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll just jump right into the first game against uh, North Alabama. Go ahead and summarize it real quick before we um, go ahead and talk about it. Um, so KSU loses 90 to 84. Um, out the gate, North Alabama has a lead early on. And then KSU built up a double digit lead about midway through the first half. Um, North Alabama shrinks the deficit uh, we go to half um, up 43 to forty-two. Second half we actually take the lead back again um, go up by as many as I think eight um, and then North Alabama uh, rallies takes the lead and then doesn't let go of it for I think the last seven minutes or so of the second half um, and final score ends up being 90 to 84 so we'll start with you john initial thoughts comments
2: feelings. Yeah, I I don't think this effort was anything close to what uh, head coach Antoine Petway would find acceptable. Um he was, you know, not happy after the game. Um in his press conference he mentioned that Terrell Burden was was literally crying. Um that like he put an emphasis on that. That's how bad Terrell Burden wants to win and you know some people might shit on him for crying, but you know when you want something so bad and it doesn't happen and doesn't go your way and you want it more than anybody else, I get it. You know, that's how he put out, he put it all on, left it all on the court. And I feel like, you know, his team uh, let him down. I felt like, um, you know, he did everything he could, scored a, you know, a career high, a KSU division one record, 37 points, and it's a loss. And as coach Petway said, um, you know, Terrell would gladly give up 30 of those points to get a win. And, you know, so would I. And I'm seeing all these posts on Twitter after the game, like, oh, Terrell Burden burdens. That's a record. And all I can think of is, okay, that's nice. Congratulations. But you know what I mean? Like we lost and that's, that's what matters. So, um, but yeah, we need to, we need to do better. They all owe Terrell an apology for that one, for the effort that was, um, you know, given during that game, um, just especially in the second half, it just felt like you know, we were on autopilot, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we kind of can cruise along and then we just kind of expect to turn it on or expect to win. And, you know, we can't play like that. We have to, you know, good teams uh, play 40 minutes. And I think Aaron Anderson mentioned it in his notes last week, but, you know, we're not playing like a championship level team. Um, This is not a championship level team right now. Uh, that's not to say that you know all of a sudden next week we can't clean some stuff up and start playing like one. It's not too late, but right now we're playing like you know uh, a middle of the pack team that's going to finish somewhere between you know EKU and in Bellarmine. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm kind of you know speechless. I'm I'm disappointed to say the least. I'm I'm not you know there's no reason to give up on this team. Uh, ups and downs are definitely part of the season. Ups and downs are part of playing basketball, and, and this is the first bit of adversity that Antoine Petway, I think, is really going to face as a coach and how he keeps the guys on track. Um, I'll tell you, I was a little disappointed because I was expecting us to roar back with a big win against Central Arkansas. It didn't happen, even though the effort was better. Um, there's a lot we're going to clean up, and I know Jmac mac uh, who I'll refer to here in a second— uh you know rewatch the games and is really gonna you know tear this apart like he's gonna provide like some kind of FBI type autopsy on this baby right here. So uh J um you know I'll let you uh take it away.
3: Yeah um I was actually uh the entire first half you know saw some good things. Uh, obviously U and A kept it uh um uh, really competitive the 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 part of the game that i had the biggest it, it, it was very frustrating to rewatch as a kennesaw fan and just critiquing them you know with a fine tooth comb was the the big 14-0 run una went on um uh, we were up 10 63-53 you know midway through the second half and that you have you're at home you have got to be finishers you have got to be focused on great defensive positioning you have got to be concentrating on uh having great shot shot selection and getting quality possessions and there was a complete breakdown on both ends with our offense the the shot selection and uh the def- the defense on the other side simultaneously compounding it and um uh, it, it 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 turned into a it was snowball effect and when when you're not getting great shots it leads out to easy runouts in transition uh, and also it just it provides so much more momentum and if you go back and look at the box score UNA did not even shoot the ball well they shot for the game they shot 40% when you're at home and you hold a team to 40% you got to win that game and uh it and then but then you look at UNA's uh box score their field goal percentage then you then you turn it around and you look at ours. We shot in the second half 32% from the floor and 13% from the three. And to me, Kennesaw is a team, they get their defensive energy from their offense. In my opinion, I, I'm not, in, I'm not, I'm not on the sidelines. I haven't been to a game on, but in my opinion, Kennesaw gets their defensive energy and they're, you know, like always helping and, and flying all over the place, making plays for each other from their offense. And when their offense is, not good and they're shooting bad threes, contested threes early in the shot clock. Um it, their defense suffers on the other side when, when it really needs to be flip-flop. You should get your offense you you, should, you need to be getting offense from your defensive intensity because that's the thing you can control, your defensive energy. And uh that 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 run that UNA went on, it was it was really bad because Demond didn't touch the ball at all the entire run. It was quick 3, quick 3, quick 3. I have I have it right here, uh, and I'm talking about the 11-0 part of the run, uh, the first 11 points of UNA, The five possessions, there were four contested threes and a and a burden turnover, and that was uh, that was 11-0 right there. And guess what? The very the very first two points we score off of that run, it was because somebody actually t- turned down a three pointer that was going to be contested. And I think I'm pretty sure it was King, and he drove drove the baseline and got a layup. Like dude y'all got to continue doing like you don't always have to shoot a contested three shot fake and attack the rim you're six 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 seven use your athleticism yeah i'm pretty That's sure
1: game for That's sure everybody. yeah um it is worth mentioning that the game did happen under some strange circumstances there was an armed intruder on campus and every building was locked down so i don't think they were letting people in or out during the game just worth the note but none of us were there um and the only one from our crew who was there was producer nick who couldn't join us but um, Definitely a weird situation. Go ahead, John. Yeah,
2: yeah and I just wanted to say, you know, I, I have people texting me, oh, there's an intruder, intruder, blah, blah, blah. They locked, apparently they locked people into the convocation center uh, for this game uh, because, you know, I guess they knew what was coming in the second half and they didn't want people to leave. Uh, so, you know, smart move there. Um, but, you know, our social media guy, I want to go to social media guy, Tim. He's one of those uh, guys that just sits around listening to police scanners all day. Um, so I want to let him go. What what he was telling us that apparently a door, like in the third floor of the mathematics center, got kicked in. What can you tell us, Tim? Where do we need to buy new property on campus? Honestly, we need to buy we need to develop the property
4: in the back of KP because supposedly that's where the dude went. And the third floor mathematics men's bathroom that was supposedly kicked down because somebody locked it or somebody was hiding in there. So wasn't the intruder, it was just a student. So if you're that student listening, great job. But that's all I heard on the scanner for my five to ten minutes I was tuning in. Yeah, and uh,
1: also worth mentioning, nobody was hurt, nobody was shot, and I believe they got the guy or he just left and they never found him. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but everybody was okay. just kind of a weird situation. And you kind of wonder like, if the coaches and players got word of that um, and if
2: that affected anything at all. Petway said in the press conference, yeah, I didn't know nothing about that or something like that. And then he was, like, then he kind of contradicted himself. He was like, one of the managers said something about that. But I don't think anybody was worried about that. So, you know, there were a couple people that were treating like, why are they playing the game? Why are they playing? OK, what the hell else are they going to do? You want them to like go into the classrooms and hide under the desks? I, um, I think if you're in the coach's shoes, if they're not shutting everything down, that's yeah.
1: really not what's going to be on your mind. You're going to continue being go, 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 go. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, worth mentioning Terrell Burden had 37 points, his career high and a division one school record and was really the only guy on, um, shot horribly as a team from three, six of 30, um, DeMond Robinson only shot the ball three times all night and two of them were from deep. I mean, that's just wild to me. Um, like John, uh, J Max said, Um, Then Simeon Cottle had a bad night shooting. He was 0 for 7 from 3. Um, It's become a theme that we just need more from Jason Holt. He was 1 from 6 from the field and fouled out um, at 29 minutes. So,
2: yeah, not a lot of good offensively. Let me ask you this. uh, Let me ask you this, J-Mac. You know, I rewatched the second half against uh, UCA a little bit. Um, You know, I didn't focus in too much on the North Alabama game. But just overall what you're seeing, you know, we're playing – lineups with a couple small guards and Burden and Cottle do you see a habit of like over over helping to try and protect those guys especially Terrell Burden yeah yeah um for
3: sure um te- teams are trying to take advantage of it with bigger lineups and uh at times Kennesaw has a uh, trouble uh guarding off the bounce and uh you know that, that's just a part of when you have small guards out there you're gonna you're, it's a contrast of styles and we we'll, obviously we're going to talk about the contrast of styles, especially with the central Arkansas with our lineup versus their lineup. Um, but yeah, yeah. The teams are definitely taking advantage of it. And when you got smaller guards out there and they're susceptible to being uh, driven because the guys are a little, maybe a little bigger and stronger, or they're trying to post those small guards, it puts the help defense a little out of position. They're a little further away from their man. Now their closeouts are a little longer and when you got division one basketball players uh attacking long closeouts, that's that's the name of the game on offense. Can you create a long closeout? And when you get when we're getting we're having long closeout after long closeout, we're susceptible to giving up the three, getting driven, our wings are overextended on their closeouts, not closing out properly. And that's all you're trying to do on offense is create a long closeout. And then from that point on, you create that long closeout, your players got to go make a great decision. Yeah.
2: And I noticed against UNA, man, KJ Johnson just kept posting up. I think it was Cottle that he was going after and doing whatever he wanted with him. Um, you know, is that a situation perhaps where we need to trust like RJ Johnson, get a, get a bigger body in there or somebody longer play, you know, play one of our wings as the two guard. I mean, are there different, you know, is there a time when we can't, you know, run this lineup out there and, you know, we can't always have Cottle and burden playing together. Yeah, well, you you that's the chess game,
3: man. And uh, sometimes you you win the chess match of that, and sometimes you lose it. And uh, that's that's when the the coaching comes head to head, and it's really interesting to see, you know, are are you, are you going to force me to go big? And actually, they uh they made Central made Arkansas uh, Central made KSU go big late in the game, but uh, yeah, you're right the one thing one thing that hasn't been mentioned yet was KSU struggled defend, defended, uh defensively rebounding the ball that second half man they gave up crucial offensive rebounds um just their guys felt like one time king didn't box his guy out his guy got an offensive rebound in the very next possession somebody uh they they crushed a three pointer and uh and UNA hit that three pointer and just it it was just sloppy play not 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 defensive rebounding and obviously Johnson um for UNA man, he 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 made he made play after play after play down the stretch. He he went at Burden off a off a ball screen, scored. and he went at a uh, Simeon Cottle, scored it, and then he attacked Ranji on the perimeter. and Got fouled by King. He just he took over the game late. Right, fourteen yeah. to fifteen from the line as well, um, which played a huge role in the
1: game. Um, yeah. But yeah, John, to what you said, I would like to see RJ get more involved on the defensive end, um, just situationally, you know. He's not as raw as he was, um, you know, back in October when he first came up. He's not uh, the truest of freshmen anymore. He's got 20 games under his belt, especially with the way he's been playing offensively. I mean, he's been really efficient lately. So I think he only got two minutes against Central Arkansas. But previously, I mean, he was two for two in that game against UNA um, and then had good games against uh, Jacksonville and uh, UNF. So,
2: Yeah, and I'd like to point out um, that DeMond, you know, was sh- you know, his leg, he was kind of shaking a little bit in the first half. So we don't know, you know, if he was feeling a cramp or, you know, a little minor pull or something like that. He was fine, you know, against Central Arkansas, but we don't know how much that played into things against UNA. But still, that's not an excuse. You know, you got if you're out there, you know, you got to be able to you know go at it and deliver or don't play. So, you know, and I also think we need to, you know, convert, you know, fast breaks better overall. You know, some of our wings need to, you know, finish stronger at the cup.
1: I mean, look, with our stars being Robinson and Burden being banged up all the time, you know, and all throughout the season, um, and Coddle being a streaky shooter like he is and him having the offense that he does, like, we're going to need another guy to step up and give you 20, you know, whether yeah. that's or maybe not 20, but 15, whether that's, you know, um, an Adam McCoy or a King or a Holt, you know, we're going to need that every night, you know, that's where, you know, you would like to have a player like a Brandon Stroud, who is obviously gone now, but we're missing that, I think, third consistent piece um, especially with the the health situation of our stars.
2: Yeah. And Coddle was four of 15 and 0 for seven from three. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I would change my avatar right now to Terrell to Burden on Twitter, but, uh, I can't do that. I'm stuck. I'm still locked in on uh, Coddle, So it is what it is for now.
3: The positive is Kennesaw is, you know, they're, they're going into these halves with leads. They got the leads late in the second halves. Um, they're obviously they're extremely competitive. They're, they're obviously a uh, upper half of the league right now. They're just not, they're lacking the, the discipline in certain situations to be able to like, say, we know how to win this game. And, and again, I'm going to go back to shot selection. They were down six. This was after UNA went on that big run. They were down six and it was back to back possessions of just awful shots. Like, like one time, uh, uh, Cottle, he caught a short hop. Like, I think Burton had to pass it out off a ball screen, and he got too deep, and he made a great read to Cottle, but the pass was inaccurate. It was like it really skipped right before it got to his feet, just like a baseball short hop. And Cottle shot the three. That's the time where you shot fake and you drive the closeout. You don't ever shoot uh, a shot off a bad pass. And uh, and then the very next possession, like it was 30 seconds on the shot clock, Adam McCoy shoots a step back. Uh, a step back contested two. I'm like, bro, we we can get that shot whenever we want. Like, stop, and we're down six. We're, we obviously are, our offense is looking like trash right now. Settle down. Let's get a great possession and let's find the shot we're looking for. They have zero. They have zero issues finding a great shot when they actually are disciplined and not trying to play a million miles an hour. There's a time and a place to play that pace, and. When you're out of when you're out of source, that's not the time. You can't force your way out of that. And I think they're just trying to force it and trying to beat, play hero ball in a sense. And they got they just got to reel it in, reel in the discipline in those moments. It's fine doing it in in, in some stretches, but there's certain moments where you got to slow down. You got to slow down.
2: Yeah, and earlier this year on the podcast, uh, Aaron Anderson mentioned you know one of his concerns. I think this was more towards the beginning of the season is valuing possessions. Um, Coach Petway has always encouraged, you know, shoot, 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 shoot. Um, that's his offense. He's not going to be the guy to like, um, you know, have people worry like, okay, I'm going to get pulled for a bad shot. And, you know, I think we're seeing perhaps some of the, you know, the consequences of that, you know, the open, you know, some of this needs to be reined in. We need to have better shot selection. So I don't know if it's a, you know, a coaching issue or what, but Aaron's point was people are not valuing the basketball. Because they they'll get another possession. They get so many possessions anyway. Right. Yep. This is the
3: issue about shot selection and what Petway's telling them. Because I, I, I do I deal with it with my own players when they're they're. I guarantee you, Petway does not like that shot. I, he knows how to coach. His staff knows it's a bad shot. They're subbing the dudes out when they take those bad shots in moments. They're letting them play through it for a lot during some bad shots. But sometimes it's such a bad shot and a crucial moment, like, bro, you gotta come out. You're you're mentally not there. When when Petway is talking, like, I want y'all to play fast, it's gotta be within the flow of the offense. And those guys know what a good shot is. And I guarantee you, he's coaching it on film and behind the scenes in the timeout huddles. But like the the players are just trying to do a little too much, and and that's the discipline and the maturity of the players. I I, I do not see Petway just for I'm, I'm saying for example there's no way coach petway is encouraging a third 30 seconds on the shot clock a step back two-pointer and you're down six points it's just there's no way oh, he's supporting
2: absolutely and, and that's kind of not what i meant a little bit but i mean yeah. like you know when when people are taking those like is does there need to be a little bit you know more accountability or is it like okay that was a bad shot you know what like, i'll show you this is why but you know there's going to be no real consequences you know what i mean we're not going to go to the third string on the on the bench to put somebody else in you know what i mean
3: right right yeah that's that's what he's that's what coach coach has got to figure out with his staff and address in the films and at practice like how are we going to
2: go about holding them accountable for these undisciplined mistakes right And, and and in any sport it seems like there has to be you know you see it in football a lot you know what i mean there's you know, too much of a player's coach. You need to also be able to, you know, discipline your players and, you know, get at them. And I, I know Petway does that. Uh, he'll always defend them in public, but, you know, just need to make sure we, you know, we keep that balance. Like the players are playing like, okay, you know what? Maybe if I don't keep playing well, you know, maybe there's a slight chance I'm going to, you know, and again, he's moving people to the bench as we noticed in the Central Arkansas game. So, you know, we are seeing that, you know, people are a little, you know, being held accountable. So.
1: I was going to say like Holt got his minutes cut in the central Arkansas game and we'll get to talking about that. Um, But just one more thing about like situational pacing. Another thing is like, you know, we get up 10 points and then we still keep these pace and then we go on a cold streak and we give the other team so many possessions and let them get back into the game. You know, I would like to see us just, I mean, it's been said a million times on this podcast before, but like, let's just slow it down and control a few possessions, you know, and get good looks. But I don't see the offensive sets that we're going to do that out of.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they they against Central, they run a fantastic four out one end where they were playing high low with uh, Demond down there and Ranji actually gave Demond a great high low pass, uh, and so they 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 got it in them, uh, but they they also uh, they got to be more cognizant. It, I mean. Even the coaching staff on the side, I, I'm sure they're giving great advice in there, but they got to be kind to make sure and they're giving the assistance, got to give Coach Petway, because Coach Petway is not going to see everything. He's not going to think of every solution in time. That's what you got your assistance for. Hey, when, when you see five, six straight possessions and DeMond hasn't touched the ball and the, the wings and the guards are shooting quick threes, awful shots that are too contested early in the shot clock. Hey man, we got to make sure we run a set, and like, let's give the big fella a touch right here, and like, let's see what he does, man. He's he's extremely efficient, and effective, and I'm sure that's frustrating as for Demond too. But but at the same time, Demond's got to be accountable, and he can be vocal out there too. He's a fifth year guy too. He can be like, hey man, y'all give me the ball right here, and like, he he can also do it himself. Like let's it's not it's not on the coaches, it's, but uh the players got to take a lot of accountability for what's going on on the floor
0: for sure. <laughs> Dogwood Golf Club is a truly unique hybrid golf club conveniently located near Smyrna, Vinings, and Marietta. The course is hybrid because they offer membership and daily fee play. Their championship course is challenging for all levels of golfers and is frequently used for practice by some golf teams from a local university. Dogwood is a longtime supporter of all things Kennesaw. Be sure to visit their website at dogwoodgolfclub.com. Dogwood Golf Club an official sponsor of the Owl Chat podcast. So with that
1: being said, we'll move on to our second game of the show, which is Central Arkansas, which we've alluded to a couple of times. So on Saturday, uh, the team traveled out to Conway, Arkansas, a.k.a. Scotty Pippen University, um, got off to a fast start. I think the first couple possessions we had like, you know, a four-point lead very early on, shot the ball well, Um, and then throughout most of the first half, we held like an eight to ten-point lead, Um, and then uh, UCA rallied uh, before the end of the half, went to the break 43 to 38, um, and then started chipping away at that lead throughout the second half, and then it was back and forth um, until the final couple minutes, and then they kind of took control, Um, and if it weren't for a few prayer threes that were hit in the last minute or so um, this final score could have been uglier, we could have lost by, you know, as many as 10. So um, we'll start with J Mac this time. Uh, Thoughts, comments,
3: concerns about central Arkansas. Uh, The coolest thing for me uh, watching it, I I knew it in real time. I could tell on film that central was big. Um, And then I actually looked up their roster when I um, um, watched it the second time was how big they were like their, their smallest guard out there was 6'5", and then you had 6'9", 6'9", 6'7", 6'9". And it was just a contrast of styles. It was really cool to see the chess, the chess game between the two head coaches, especially late in the game. Um, but, again, it, the uh, the second-half defense and the breakdowns was uh, the difference in the game. Um, but also three turnovers from not knowing where you're at on the court and stepping out of bounds, three. Three. Um, that's that's inexcusable that kind of lets you know that they're not locked in got to have court awareness but um uh it they couldn't they Kennesaw couldn't get the stop they wanted late um you know that they, they actually this is where they actually took coddle out of the game and kept burdening they just kept one small guard in and they tried to play big with them and uh it, it just it didn't work out they couldn't get the
2: stops they needed yeah, I mean, we kept Holt and Adam McCoy out of the lineup. Um, Adam McCoy wasn't, you know, that wasn't too surprising. There was a play actually early in the North Arkansas North Alabama game. Funny we go back to that one, but where the announcer even pointed out like, you know, he mentioned, "Okay, not a lot of effort there by Adam McCoy very early in the game not getting on the floor for the loose ball." You know, we're seeing that from Ronji Gordon, and Ronji Gordon, wow, he's in the lineup. So, you know, it's funny how that works. Um, but you're right, J Mac. Uh, Cottle foot out of bounds on t- twice. I think uh, happened to Ranji Gordon once. Um, uh, Ranji saved, you know, Ranji had a play where he saved the ball going from going out of bounds, then he throws it right underneath his own basket for an easy layup. Um, you know, the defense was very, you know, hit or miss, especially in the first half. Um, there were a lot of, you know, I rewatched the second half, and there were a lot of things that, uh, you know, went wrong. Uh, but in the first half, you know Tucker Anderson um their star player uh their leading scorer what did, had a horrible half like he was missing shots. he couldn't even make a free throw. So I kind of tweeted something alluding to that before halftime. And I was like, oh God, this is not good if we keep playing like this and we're about even with Central Arkansas. he comes out and makes like two threes in the first what two minutes of the second half. And then, you know, we're relying on, you know, Ranji Gordon to make threes to keep our offense and, you know, don't that's great. Like Ranji I love it. But I mean, if Ranji Gordon is our go to on the perimeter, I mean, we're not probably getting the shots that, you know, no offense to him that we want to take.
1: Right, absolutely, and one thing that sticks out to me is just the minutes that the starters played. Like, our our depth is kind of shot. Like, we thought that this team was going to have improved depth, especially with the addition of Holt, but you look, uh, King played 34 minutes back in the starting lineup. Robinson played 36 minutes with Gordon also on the floor with him. Um, Cottle played 29, um, and Burden played 37, you know, and then off the bench, I mean, R.J. Johnson only played two minutes. You would like to see him get more involved, especially with, you know, the effort that burden has been putting in. Um, uh, and then Sherman has become an entirely situational player. You know, he's out of the rotation. Um, and then you move Adam McCoy and Holt to the bench. Um, and Holt had an okay day offensively two for four shooting six points in 17 minutes. Um, Adam McCoy wasn't so hot. Um, so it's like, a, these guys are going to burn out, you know, and this is the second game of the week, um, you know, on shorter rest, uh, that scares me a lot.
3: Yeah. The, the one thing, um, that was really interesting watching this game too was uh, our, our, for the most part, I, I was very pleased with the offense, the looks we were getting, they couldn't guard the ball at all. And, and that's where we were using our athleticism, getting downhill. Obviously burden was getting to the, to the paint. Jamel had some, some great moments, um, you know, cause when you're so big, you, if you're 6'9", you're in the eighth sun for a reason. It's probably because you can't move your feet that great. If you were 6'9", and had great feet, you'd be in a power five conference or a high major conference, you know what I'm saying? So, Kennesaw did a great job, for the most part, you know, really attacking their defense and their their slow footwork. Um, but uh, you saw it on the other end. We kept, we we played uh, Damon and Ranji a lot together. And in moments, we struggled guarding the perimeter. And it was always like, one guy would be one pass away and you saw it with Ronji on that huge three burden had the ISO where we went up one off the side out of bounds. When we went up one with like a minute, a minute, something left. And then they were trying to, they they overloaded on now. Kennesaw's on defense and they were trying to overload because they knew burden was going to front the post. And so they were trying to overload us so they could lob it over Burden. And then Ranji gets caught one pass away helping. And then they bang that three. And that was a huge de- uh, defensive breakdown. Um, that was not Ranji's help. Ranji should not have helped right there. He should have stayed attached to his man, staying one pass away. And that comes from inexperience from Ranji having being defended on the perimeter. Like you, you got your five and now he's having a guard on the perimeter. He doesn't quite know what to do because his instinct is always to help the paint and that really really costed us and but that's that's the chess match that's the chess match and it didn't pay out in our favor uh and which sucks but and then they ran the same exact play the next possession and they scored on it when we did what we were supposed to do and it's just uh, that's that's just how the chips fall sometimes man
2: yeah and there was a play at if you go 515 about 515 left in the second half i don't know if you saw it J Mac, where um ranji was on the wing at three-point line uh the player uh uh Arkansas went left, past him, drives to the basket. Demond basically comes all the way across court. His responsibility, I think, was not supposed to be the guy at the top of the key. Whereas, and him and Cottle both kind of rotated for the help at, towards the basket. Whereas Demond had to come a long way. Now you have a you know a big trying to play perimeter defense. They, I think, they pushed it back to the three point shooter, wide open from Robinson leaving his man, and he hits it. Do you remember that play?
3: No, I don't. I don't specifically remember that play. Sorry.
2: No worries. But yeah, that's something, you know, like you said, you know, we're putting, you know, a big guys on the on the perimeter trying to play defense there. So it's it's a challenge.
3: Right. right. Yeah, for sure. And again, their instinct is paint. Sorry, go ahead, man.
1: I was just going to say, like, it's kind of been a struggle all year. uh, Situational defense for Ranji. We saw that a lot in the upstate game and he got him pulled out just like, you know, either cheating towards the paint or cheating towards the perimeter and getting beat. Um, but you do understand the reasoning, putting them in the game to, together with the size that UCA had. Um, and, you know, to his credit, he had an okay game. He had eight and six, which from Ranji who's been inconsistent um, for most of the year, you know, we'll take. And then Robinson did bounce back and shot the ball well and had 20 and seven. So.
2: Yeah. And there's a, also another play in the second half, uh, you know, where Ranji was t- kind of towards the baseline where burden was uh one-on-one with his man and, uh Ranji kind of hesitated like okay do I help and try to switch off and you know push burden you know to the guy on the perimeter or do I keep my man you know keep going and play the perimeter Ranji hesitated was in no man's land and they hit the three um I think it was Sofield. so you know there's another play where just a quick hesitation can lead to an open shot which which hurts us
3: um one thing I'd like to point out uh, I, I'm looking at the box score here and I, I like to you try to find the game within the stats I, i'm not a huge analytics guy i like to i like to coach and play the game off field but you know the simple stats it does tell the tale of the game um kennesaw shot 48 from the floor and we shot we shot 36 from three we we should have won that game based on those percentages and then you look at our, first, our our defense versus Central Arkansas, the first half shooting percentage compared to the second half. And this is the Jekyll and Hyde Kennesaw's got to figure out. Again, it's their second half defense and having that killer instinct. Like, bro, we have got to get a stop. We've got to be committed on the defensive end. We know we can score the ball, but man, the buy-in on the defense has got to be much better in the second half. Central Arkansas shot 40% in the first half. And then totally flipped at the second half and shot 57%. And when you're on the road, you're not gonna win that game if you let that that team shoot 57% in the second half. But and what's crazy is Central Arkansas only shot 25% from three. Like they didn't, they didn't shoot the ball well. Obviously, Anderson hit some huge threes to get him really going in that dominant stretch he had early in the second half. But that that it's a tell of two halves defensively for Kennesaw. And, uh, they, they, they got it. They got to figure that out, man. They got and they're right there. man. Got they're right there.
2: And it's funny because those Anderson threes and some of his shots, man, those were not, you know, those are not defendable. You know what I mean? Like some of the, sometimes you just got to give it to the offense. You know, some of those early threes we did, you know, contest them. He hit like this crazy NBA turnaround jumper once or twice. It was it's ridiculous. Insane. And, um, you know, another, you know, point I want to kind of make of some missed opportunities, but, Three separate times in the second half, Burden sets up his guys for a wide-open three, wide open, and we don't make any of them. Uh, I think one was Cottle, one was King, and one was Adam McCoya And when we didn't make the—when uh, Adam McCoya missed the wide-open one and he's got to hit those, that's his That's his job, especially for Quincy. Um, yeah. They got a run out. They dribb- dribbled it right down the court, went right by Cottle for a layup. So that was a five-point swing just on a missed Adam McCoya three. So, you know, there was opportunities there to win, but we got to be better all the all the way around. Quincy's needs to be
1: like a two of four, two of five type of guy every night from deep. I mean, that's that's his role on this team.
2: Um he and- needs to get his groove back, man. He needs to yeah. figure out what was going on at the beginning of the season and now get that back.
1: Right. And we've seen it. Um, we've seen him even take initiative um on both sides of the ball. So we know he's better than it that, you know, this and it, you just you hope better for him because he's a good dude and seems like the guys really like him and he's going to be really important if we want to you know make another run in the conference tournament this year. Um, but Jay Mac, I'm really glad you brought up the splits because I mean we beat them across the board except for free throw percentage where we matched them at 83 percent and they only had six more shots than we did. Um, what I see is the turnover battle. We had 13, they had seven. Uh, they killed us there. And,
3: and Assist the turnovers. Let's not let's not forget. I'm pretty sure the broadcast said central Arkansas is one of the slowest paced teams in the entire uh, field of division one basketball. Did y'all hear that? Like, and it makes sense because they're so big. Right. And, and but, th- but this lets you know, our defense has got to tighten up because you're talking about one of the slowest paced teams in division one basketball and they score 92 points. That That there's offense. That game was not the problem. It was,
2: man, we gotta be able to get stops, man. Got to be able to get stops defensively. And Jay Mack, as a coach, um, I guess my question to you is this. um, You know, it's not that these guys don't have the ability to play good defense. It just seems like it's mental errors, footwork, that kind of thing. Is this something that can be cleaned up? Or is this something like, okay, you know what? These guys were... You know, playing this way before they transferred over here, and this is kind of ingrained in them, and it's just a little bit too late. Or is this something that we can clean up and turn the corner on by the end of the season?
3: I I don't believe it's because it's they got bad habits. It's just positional discipline. Like they get confused on, bad, they'll have bad switches every now and again where they're not communicating. They uh, one person thinks somebody's they're switching, and the other person believes that they're staying with their man, and they get caught. Uh, on slights. it's called split screens. Uh, they've been hurt on those. Some bad switches. Um, w- one guy is one pass away. When you're in one pass away, you're just responsible for good gap help and ha- and and be within a reasonable distance of your man so you can close out under control. And they'll get too far away and they get overextended, off balance, uh, and just and maybe even have a bad gamble. Like yeah, like Ronji Ron had a bad gamble one time and his dude pops a three. That may have been the moment you're talking about, uh, actually. At that five minute mark or whatever you're talking about yeah, it was about, in the corner but... jmac yeah yeah but at the same time so in practice you're going to be good at whatever you give the most amount of time to so if your defense is what's breaking down then petway may if he only spends like let's say 30 percent of his practice time on half court defense well if if half court defense is what's costing you games he's going to have to flip it and spend like 70 percent on that where, where the discipline is and they need the reps. You know what I'm saying? The discipline's just got to tighten up defensively, in, in my
2: opinion. And and you think this is something that, you know, can, do you think this is something that can flip around midseason to where, you know, we're actually one of the, you know, top tier teams defensively in the league? Or do you think this is something where, okay, we just need to patch it up enough to get by? Is it something we can fix?
3: Uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the question of that. Um, but I definitely know they can improve and they better if they want to remain at the top and be in the discussion for one of the best teams in the A sun. They're, they're, they're too athletic. They're, they're too, they're fast twitch guys, man. I think sometimes that's also the gift and the curse of defense. Like you rely on your athleticism too much and you forget to be disciplined and then you overextend. And then again, remember when you pass the ball, the ball travels much faster than you can, than you can run. So if you get out of position, like good teams are going to make that pass and they're going to they're going to make you pay for being out of position discipline man discipline
2: yeah. and that, and that's i discipline. and i want to kind of go back to a, a play at the end of the game um, i don't know if you caught this jmac it was about a minute 10 remaining in the game the owls have the ball in the inbounds we're down two points like it's like 81 79 or something like that and tb just you know i don't know if it was a miscalculation in his head he just lets the ball roll and, you know, 10 valuable seconds, you know, go off the clock as the ball is rolling to, you know, mid court, you know, I mean, you're supposed to do that. If you maybe have, maybe if you have the lead, you can do that, but you know, you're trailing by two and you're, you're shortening the game. And we could have really used those 10 seconds back. Did you happen to notice that?
3: Yeah. I think he just, he thought the clock stopped for sure. Um, and, yeah. and, and, but again, the, that the tech on pet, that was real costly for Kennesaw. Um, and, that, and that's a learning moment for a young coach. He, He's got to he's got to rein it in. He's got to be able to just swallow his pride, man, and and, and focus on his group at the moment. Obviously, the uh, the refereeing wasn't up to par to his standard, but he, he can't get tech right there either, man.
2: Yeah, I agree. And and ultimately, I don't think that would have you know changed the game, to be honest with you. But it took it from like you know having a what like a five to ten chance of winning to taking it to like a like a one percent.
3: Yeah, the pro- the probability they're going to win even without the tech was low but nonetheless it still hurt them and it crushes the spirit and and i i never say that didn't have an effect on the game because i just go back to the northern iowa and texas game in the national tournament a couple years ago northern iowa was up what 11 points Mm -hmm. with less than a minute and they lost the game so when people say that wasn't going to have an effect on the game when you got time and it's only a two or three possession game that's absolutely false
2: Yeah, that's, that's not true yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely not saying I'm definitely not saying that. But, you know, it it there there is a slim chance it did have a effect on the game. And you're absolutely right. Sure. Petway needs to, you know, Petway needs to hold it in. You can see him on the bench, like being held back by Willie Watson and Robert Kirby and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's-
3: I get the frustration, man. He he. Cause if you don't get your point across in that moment and you don't go off, you, you'll probably forget about it. Cause something else crazy is going to happen. And then you don't get to address what you wanted to address, but you just got to do it in a certain manner and, and make sure he's cognizant of not being too demonstrative towards the rest and, and show him up.
2: Yeah. He's definitely an emotional guy. It looks like he wears his heart on the sleeve, kind of like Terrell burden. You know, you could see him, you always catch yep. him in the huddle, just like going at people like, you know, like, cause he cares that much, you know, and, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, if, if Petway was, uh, you know, skinnering on the sidelines and just sitting in the chair, um, you know, we, I don't think we'd be very, uh, you know, very happy.
3: Right. Right. You can tell Petway, that's why Petway loves Bird so much. Cause he probably sees so much of himself in him,
2: which is really cool. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they get along great and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure. Um, I do want to kind of go over to some, you know, um, you know, team stats and player stats. If you don't have anything else on the UCA game, JMac. No, sir. All right. So um, team stats, um, I just kind of went to the ASUN website, jotted some stuff down. Uh, we have the second worst three-point percentage in the ASUN as a team through 22 games, and also the second worst in conference play through seven games. Um, in ASUN play, we are the number five team in uh, field goal percentage, and we allow the second lowest field goal percentage. So uh, unless I'm reading that incorrectly, um, in a we are second to an ASUN play. We are second to last in assist to turnover ratio as well, which I don't like that. Um, I like to be, you know, a high team there. Okay. Uh,
1: first of all, who's behind us on three point percentage and where are we on three attempts per game?
2: Um, I think I don't have that right now. Uh, but I think that, uh, I think we're like top three. I think Lipscomb might be like in conference play. I think they were 10 above us, but I'm going off memory. And of course, North Florida was above them. Um, and underneath us and three point percentage, I think Queens for overall Queens and Jacksonville were the teams. I'm pretty sure one for overall and one for a sun play.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, we talked about, we're probably going to go more in depth on some of these numbers and analytics on the midweek. So um, keep a lookout for that, but we'll have all that information gathered and, Try to get to the bottom of this.
3: Yeah. So, John, you said I saw a second to last in the A sun so far in three point percentage.
2: Uh, we are second to second to last in assist to turnover ratio. And yes, also as a team through 20, as a team, and also second worst in conference play through seven games in three point percentage. What's that percentage? Uh, I don't have that pulled up right now, but I imagine um, probably somewhere in the low 30s. Well, it, it just goes like, how I just said, I'm not
3: an analytics guy. Like, I don't even know that stat, but I, I based off the feel, it's because of the shot selection. And when these dudes are, when these dudes are catching passes that are outside of their shoulders or hips and the pass isn't like, it's a good pass. Like the read is right. But the, the, the accuracy of the pass is off target. They got to stop shooting those because they're misses and it's a shot turnover. They got to use those rips shot fakes, re-attack the paint, and use their athleticism getting to the rim. Uh, and you'll see a lot of times, like Burden, he gets down in that paint. He has to make some acrobatic pass because he's got the entire defense coming down on him. And he makes the right readout, but the accuracy of the pass is off, which which that's fine. You can still make a play out of that from the person receiving the pass. And that's where the decision-making is probably not where Coach Petway and the staff agrees with the players is like, yeah, coach, I'm open. No, you're, you're open, but you're catching the ball off a bad, off an inaccurate pass. It's a good pass. The, the, the read is right, but the accuracy is wrong. You know, you've got to turn that into a drive and reattack the paint.
2: Yeah. And I apologize. I read those analytics a little bit too fast earlier, trying to uh, skim through them. Um, I also have some, just some quick notes on player stats as well. Um, burden is number four in the Ason in points per game. And because of the flu game and all that, I think it probably should be higher. Um, DeMond Robinson only is averaging uh, 6.3 rebounds per game. So I think that needs to be higher. Kai. It jump into
1: sixth on the all time, uh, leading rebounders list. So just worth the note that he's chasing our boy, Aaron. We'll see if he, uh, he ends up there by the end of the season.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, just to note, like Dayton Albury, the small guard on Queens is averaging, you know, more than demand. And that probably comes from Queens not having a real big man. But still, we, you know, I think demand should probably be more in the, you know, ideally eight to nine territory. You know what I mean?
1: Well, you got to remember that he's not on the offensive glass as much as he was last year because he's on the perimeter, you know, uh, significantly more. So that plays a role in it, too.
2: But also more possessions, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Those numbers you're pulling up, those are from conference games, correct?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. These are all from conference games. And Demond is third in the ASUN with a 64.3% shooting percentage as well.
1: So mm-hmm. and he um, will finish as the all time leading in um KSU field goal percentage. So
2: yes, unless he does, unless he has like some one for a couple one for 20 games or something like that. Um, absolutely. Um, and we don't have anybody in the top eight in three point field goal percentage um and the ASUN site only listed the top eight so i'm not saying like maybe we have somebody that's number nine i don't know adam mccoy needs to be up there um you would hope that like guys like halton king
1: would crack that list at some point we need that sharpshooter um and that's where we've been let down so far in conference play
2: yeah and finally last but not least terrell burden 72.9 free throw percentage in conference play i mean Much finally a gr- that's awesome I mean, I don't care what he's done overall to this point, what what the stats say on ESPN. I'm looking at what he's doing in conference play going forward here. And, you know, he was like, what, 16 of 21 or something like that, one of these games. That was tremendous.
1: He's gotten way, way better. Um, And you can tell. And that's a hard thing to do for a fifth-year senior who really has, like, nothing else in his game that you can knock him for to go after that one little, you know, uh, chink in the armor. Um, But, yeah. So – we're now four and three in conference um, sitting tied for fifth behind central Arkansas. Cause they have the tiebreaker um, back-to-back games. We were favored in, um, and we thought we were going to win. Uh, where are we at on expectations now uh, going forward y'all?
2: I think we need to kind of temper expectations a bit. Um, you know, perhaps we, you know, maybe overachieved in the first couple games or perhaps maybe we were playing as we should in the first couple games and, you know, at home and now we're not playing to our expectations. So, yeah, but we need to definitely, you know, temper them a bit. I think, you know, EKU is just running away with it. If they keep playing like this, they'll be the number one seed probably without much contention um, when it gets too far in. Um, I think UNF is, you know, playing like the number two seed. They hung with them for EKU this weekend for 30 minutes before, you know, they made some mistakes. Um, And then, you know, Kennesaw State, man, Lipscomb is very, uh, as you said, Kai, they're bipolar um, you know, Stetson perhaps as well. And, you know, we're, we're mixed in that bunch, probably that three to five, three to six type area. And we need to differentiate ourselves. Otherwise we're going to be stuck in that, you know, zone throughout the entire season, Um, which is, you know, fine. It's all about how you finish. Uh, but you know, I'd like us to be, you know, more on the higher side, of course.
1: Right. But now you look at the schedule and you're like, okay, we got to start like really focusing on picking up some of these swing games, like, Um, going and playing at Austin P. Isn't going to be easy. Um, North Florida at home going and playing at FGCU when they've been up and down all year is not going to be easy playing at Stetson is not going to be easy. Um, you know, the one game I see on the schedule here that I think you could just comfortably predict a win is Bellarmine at home, um, on Thursday, but even then you can't overlook them just because of how gimmicky they play and all that. Um, so, you know, we have a chance to get right before EKU, Um, I don't think the expectation is going to be beat AKU anymore, but you know, we get them at home, so we'll see what happens. And, um, after next week, we could be looking at this season completely differently. So
2: yeah, Bellarmine's a must win
3: that, uh, that central Arkansas game, that loss wouldn't have been near as bad if, if we would have took care of business at home, you know, right. You got to take care of the home court. If you, if you want to be, if you want to be a regular season conference champion, you win home games. And your goal is to split the road games. And if you do that, if you have that formula, you're going to win 75% of your games. So, but uh, I mean, that's the central Arkansas game. That that was a tough one just because of the, the lapse of the UNA game. That, that was tough, but this Kennesaw team, their losses are extremely small margins and we're we're, 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 it's a fine-tooth comb. The mistakes they're making, like there's just the smallest discipline mistakes, and those are the stuff that gives a coach confidence. That man, if if these guys really buy into what I'm selling them in the film, and then they tighten it up in the game, we'll be fine. Uh, I, I still think when you look at them and you watch them play, they're still one of the they're, they're still one of the top three teams. And but they should have won that Central Arkansas game. When I'm watching that game, I'm, there's no way Central Arkansas should have beat us.
2: Yeah, and the same way with North Alabama as well, um, especially. And I think something that can't be understated is that the North Alabama loss, it kind of punctured our home court invincibility. Uh, We haven't lost there since I don't even remember when last year. Um, So Queens, Queens, that's right. Queens, yes. Mm So, I mean, what does this do to the guy's confidence? You know, the, before that, it was like, oh, right, this home court's our sanctuary. This is our our zone. And now it's kind of like, okay, you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Tim, I know you got something to say.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is just growing pains, I would say. We're just going through it. Um, part of me wants to reset my expectations on the season, but also I'm going to wait on pressing the panic button because – Look, we have DeMond not getting the ball. Our shot selection is not that great, but we changed that. I mean, I think we're back top two, maybe in the top of the conference. So, like I said, next – what, next week is a huge week for us. Yep. Yeah, and no, no
2: need to press the panic button.
1: Right. And no. we definitely got the athletes and the talent to be a top one or two team in the conference. You know, nobody's questioning that. Yeah. Um, but you know, right now there are there are things in the way, but there's still a lot of time to get hot. So and, and what what
3: the fans and what we got to remember too is, and and, and the players got to remember is we're we're everyone's Super Bowl in in conference now because Kennesaw went to the NCAA tournament. They went they went on that historic run in the regular season. You know, doing all these first, they're. The, They're the reigning champs. So whenever you play Kennesaw, everybody's circling that. They can't wait to play Kennesaw. You're going to get everybody's best shot. And Kennesaw has got to be willing to take on that role and be focused and disciplined for 40 minutes, man. You're not getting – you're not – you know, their mindset – Central Arkansas's mindset is we're not getting ready to play Bellarmine, who's one of the worst teams in the conference. We're about to play Kennesaw, the big dogs, man. And you're going to get everybody's best shot. you got to be ready. Touche.
1: Yeah, but like you guys said, it starts this week. Um, can't by any means afford to overlook Bellarmine. Um, You know, you can lose any game to anybody in college basketball. Um, obviously, I think we're way better than him, and we should beat him by 20, but it's possible that we overlook him, and we start looking ahead to Eastern Kentucky, and we lay an egg. So, uh, that's that's priority number one right now.
2: I, I don't think we're looking ahead right now. I don't think there's any way. I think our guys in Petway will be chomping at the bit to have an we, opportunity to fix ourselves.
1: We better not be, but it could happen. Yeah. You know I'm saying, yeah.
2: I, I, I Kennesaw's got too much leadership
3: um, with Burden, Demond, like some five-year guys. You got some some experienced transfers in. Like they're, they're they're too experienced. They've they've been humbled this past week, and they're they're going to be focused. They'll be ready.
2: Yeah. And, uh, J Mac, do you think, you know, the guys, you know, how do you, how do you think the guys are feeling, you know, after that burden explosion, um, the other night and all that, I mean, do you think the guys are feeling like, Hey, maybe I'm not pulling my weight. Maybe I need to do a little bit more.
3: 100%. That's what's going on is when, when this is the good and the bad of somebody like burden doing a takeover job, like when he takes over and he's consuming the ball, getting the shots, other people fall in a rhythm and other people that are used to scoring 15 points or 10 points. Now, when they don't have their touches, they go into hero ball and they're like, if I don't shoot this ball quick, I'm not going to get it back. And that's when you see the shot selection mistakes because they're, they're they're valuing their shot over the team's shot. And man, at this point, man, y'all got to put your pride to the side, put your ego to the side. I would rather have two points and a win rather than, my average and an L and that's what those guys got to get over It's egos, man. They, and I'm not saying it's like, you know, demonstrative egos. I'm just saying like the ego does creep up. You are aware of how much, how many points you got late in the game. And if you're not in a rhythm you're going to force up a shot and that's the discipline I'm talking about it, You can't see it with the eye. You, don't, you just got to know it if you've played at that level and stuff. And, that, and that's what these guys got to rein in, man. And that's what the coaches got to get them to buy into. I mean, the number one thing I want to see
1: Thursday, other than a win, of course, is a good shooting night from either Quincy or Holt or both, you know. Um, I don't need 37 and 9 from Burden night to night, you know. I, it, that's unideal, really. I need somebody else to step up and, uh, you know, pull their weight, but not in a, an egotistical type of way like you're talking about, j Yeah, and,
3: and when I say ego, I'm not talking about, like, I'm this cocky, I'm the man, right. Like, but, like, you're just trying to – prove that you belong on that stage too while burden is is going off. And like, what is that NBA? uh, One of the NBA guys had 70 points or something like that this past week and the team lost. That's what happened. Like when one player is going off, that means the other four guys are not in a rhythm at all. And and that can be, that can hurt. And uh, like Charles Barkley used to say about the Orlando magic, when they had Dwight Howard, uh, you live by the three, you die by the three. And there's a thing called fool's gold. Like sometimes when these dudes are hitting these early, early threes and they're, they're, they're questionable, but they go in that's fool's gold. If I'm the other, if I'm the other head coach, when these, these guys are hitting these contested threes early in the game, I'm saying, I'm actually glad you're hitting those contested threes because later in the game, you're going to keep shooting those. And they're not going to go in Mm -hmm. because percentages are going to even out at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, you're hoping most of the time. And that's what the coaches want. Like, hey man, that's, that's, those are fool's gold threes that are going in because later on in the game, those aren't going to go in that's the shot selection piece aspect
2: of it too. Right, uh,
1: It's like working a job and trying to hit your quota, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. You know, based on, you know, we don't run a lot of like, you know, super extent expansive you know, set plays, that kind of thing. It's kind of just like a lot of freelancing, you know, some flare screens, whatever, get the ball in and out. Um, is that something that, you know, can be, you know, can be fixed like with our, you know, we don't have a lot of wings that can shoot. Is it just something that we're going to have to kind of accept, you know, the up and down nature, or is there things that we can do to perhaps, you know, beyond going just inside to demand to create those shots without having natural shooters on the wings?
3: Yeah. Um, the system Petway runs is, I love it. Um, he's, he's, he's given those guys concepts and actions. And they got to make the decisions based on that. And, and they probably rep it a ton in practice and stuff like that and watch film on it. And what he's doing is like, I'm going to put you guys in actions and in space. And once we make those actions, once you create the breakdown, it's on you guys to make the play. And that's the decision-making that the guys, the players got to tighten up. And the, the, the system is awesome. and The, the only thing that uh Coach Petway and them got to make sure they're, they're on top of is when those dudes do get a little loose and the ball's not getting into the. They gotta. They gotta make sure they have a go-to package, a go-to play. Where like, hey, let's make sure Demond gets a touch right here, and we can play inside out off of that. Doesn't mean he
2: has to shoot the ball. We just got to get him a touch. And J Mac, what are your top three things to look out for against Bellerman this week? Playing with extreme
3: urgency, like that. What you guys are talking about. This is a must-win. Got to win this game if you want to stay in the discussion of uh, one or two in the in the in the league. Um defensive field goal percentage in the second half is something I'm gonna be paying attention to. And uh shot selection again, man. It is it's a very simple, very simple fixes and defensive field goal percentage, like getting stopped second half and shot selection. Yeah,
2: and, and I don't want to see a stay in a rhythm better. I mean, you know, we go up by 10 and then they, they call a timeout, and the other it seems like always the other team gets like at least five, six, seven, you know, uh, you know, answered right back. So we need to find a way to kind of keep the rhythm, keep the pace.
1: What you see out of those timeouts is a team will take, you know, 28 seconds off the shot clock and then get an offensive rebound and then, you know, hit a layup. And then they're able to get back on defense and we're in our half court set. And it just throws us completely off. You know, it's just seen it a million times already.
3: Yeah. I, I still, I, I still love the team. I still love what they're doing in, in most, in most parts of the game. Um, so I, I'm still very optimistic. I still like the makeup. I like how I like their style of play. It's just once they can rein in some of that stuff, they're going to, they'll, they'll be fine.
2: Yeah. We have we some talented
3: players.
1: People need to remember, like, this is not, uh, we don't want to be losing, obviously, but this is not the perfect time to peak, you know? Um, that's mid to end yeah. of February, um, and we haven't hit there yet. So give it time. Great
2: point. I- And this is a first year head coach as well. You know, we're not, you know, this is not the same expectations or perhaps shouldn't be as, you know, Amir Abdurrahim and, you know, all the players are coming back, that kind of thing. So we do have to, you know, we, we got a little high on everything earlier, but now we need to kind of rein it in and, you know, it's not the end of the world, but, you know, obviously we're not like a, you know, a top like 100, top 150 type NCAA team right now. Um, It it kind of is what it is and we just need to keep making improvements. And like you said, Kai, you know, the time to peak is probably coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Plenty of time to make changes. You know, we're, what is it? The top eight teams or something like that make the playoffs. We're, you know, we're we're well, you know, on our way to that. So we just need to keep on keeping on.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. What I'm looking at is when we return home from a road trip that we hopefully split against Austin P and Lipscomb um, to hosting, Jacksonville and North Florida with the healthy team um I think that's going to be uh the real swinging point heading into the uh, conference tournament
3: yeah man absolutely uh this, this is we should we should mark down this this part of the season right here and like really come back to it late in the season and be like how did they respond after this week right this weekend right here this is a huge adversity moment for this team and we're really going to see the character of this team coming out next week coming off this this past week. It's going to be very interesting, and I I truly believe one hundred percent that
2: they're going to respond and they're really going to take off. They got they're right there, man. They're right there. Yeah, and I was kind of expecting more in terms of against Central Arkansas, but I think Central Arkansas is probably a better team than perhaps they are, you know, on paper and record wise. You know, they have their young player coming into their own. You know, I I mean maybe it's me being a little optimistic, but I don't think they're like that seven fifteen type of team that maybe they are on paper.
1: No, not at all. They're significantly better than they were last year. And I think this is uh that's part of what made um Saturday sting more than it should have, is we're like, oh, Central Arkansas, you know, that's a
3: that's a You're judging them based off way. their past, yeah. Right, right. And it's like they were horrible
1: last year. They they went into Lipscomb um and beat them comfortably um a week or two ago. You know, they're they can play. Um and they had a rough non-conference schedule. They played a lot of high majors, I think. So they came into conference play like two and nine or something, but um, yeah, that record's a little misleading. They're definitely improved.
2: And I think their net and RPI is pretty rough too, but still, again, like you said, it's, it's a matter of peaking at the right time. You know, if they needed to take their growing pains and right. non-conference and lose every game there. I'm, know, I'm not saying that they're great, but point yeah. being, they're miles ahead
1: of what they were last year
2: and the year before. They're, they're, yeah, they're definitely an acceptable, competitive, a team. So we shouldn't be thinking of them like they were in the past. We need right. to be thinking of them. Okay. Here's how they are right now. Right. That being
1: said, and we'll talk about this more in the midweek. But uh, if there is a get-right game in the A-Sun this year, it's Bellerman. So it couldn't come at a better time.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny. Bellerman's a must-win, and if we don't win that, then you know, Eastern Kentucky becomes the must-win to get back to the same results. You know, otherwise, so it's funny how that works out. So we need to. We need, we need to take care of business. And I was expecting us to bounce back against central Arkansas. I honestly was sitting there. I'm like, okay, these guys didn't try against UNA. We lost focus. We're going to come back. I thought we would take care of business. Uh, We didn't, but I don't think it was an effort thing against UCA. I think it was, you know, just, we need to be better. And that's what we're kind of ending up. I think that's what we're coming back to every time, you know, we talk about this. So,
1: yeah. Well, you got anything else before I take us out, John? No, I got nothing fantastic all right thank you guys so much for tuning in uh we will be back with the midweek on thursday and go more in depth on the bellarmine game um but for now everybody have a
0: great week thank you for listening to the owl chat podcast as a reminder you can follow our hosts on twitter x at kymalette and at ksu owl howl make sure you're following our show account at owl chat podcast and have notifications turned on so you're up to date on all new ocp episodes be sure to check out Kai's publication at BigOwlblog.com and John's KSU Message Boards at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until we return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, go owl!